Your local breakfast show. Nick and Josh for breakfast. Triple M. Hello, welcome back to the new podcast. Hey everyone. Um, Week four. Podcast numero quattro. Yeah, that's right. Um, this is not at all what I was about to launch into, but just uh, whilst I say quattro, um, I just would like to get your quick thoughts on cheese. Uh, and I'll make that make sense. There's a type of pizza called like quattro formaggi, which is like, yep. like a four cheese pizza. Yep. Yep. Four yeah. different types of cheese. Yeah. I see it in the supermarkets all the time. I think it's like a very common frozen pizza. Yep. Um, I would argue cause I saw it yesterday is why I'm thinking of it. Um, too many cheeses. Yeah. I don't know. And again, because I don't have a sense of smell, which I don't know if we've actually spoken about on the live show, on the radio, the brekkie show. But No. Um, I don't have a sense of smell, so therefore my palate isn't very good. Like a lot of food tastes similar. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, can you taste, if, on a four cheese pizza, can you distinctly taste the difference in all the cheeses? I... I don't know. The only the only cheese mixing experience I've ever had was when here at here at the office we had a toasty Tuesday and we all brought in our own toasties and I made a, a three cheese toasty. Wow. Mozzarella, parmesan and blue cheddar. Mozzarella, parmesan and cheddar and it was and it was in a toasty form and they all kind of just blended together and created yeah, mega this, cheese. this mega cheese flavor. So yeah, yeah. I imagine a pizza could be different cuz you're because of the way you eat it, it's not all as mixed up together. I don't know. I would argue. It, I think four was too many. I don't know. I think four may be too many. I also do. I also believe that the margarita pizza to be a waste of a pizza. You you reckon? Yeah. Just cheese. Just cheese. Just boring. What you're just having is you you're making a toasting and you forgot one of the pieces of bread. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot the top piece. I'm trying to take down the margarita pizza. Italy hates this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, margar- margarita. I think I read somewhere that pizza they do they do it differently over in um, uh, in Italy. Don't they do square pizzas, or they do like a different shape? Uh, they have some places do a square. That, that they're more they are round, like mostly oh, okay. round. Yeah, they okay. do use different cheeses. They don't smother it in cheese like we do here. No, like it's the Western it's world. The the toppings in Italy are are, are you know less is more. I went to over our summer break. I went to Italy for a little while, and yeah. I. Because you know how when people go, come back from Italy, they go, oh, you haven't had the pizza in Italy. You must, you simply oh, must. Shut up. I get it. Yeah. I became that guy. And I'm aware that I'm a big wanker for it. Great. But. I don't have to tell you. But it's like, I, I, I certainly, <laughs> as soon as I had a pizza, I went, I understand. Yeah. Well, that's. It's like know. all these neurons started firing my head and unlocked. Have you, you know, what's that um, Bradley Cooper movie where he takes a drug and he gets his, his mind becomes like. Oh, yeah. Limitless. Lim- yeah, Limitless. <laughs> I felt as though after having an Italian pizza, my mind unlocked a corner of it that I hadn't previously touched. <laughs> Your mind was using like a hundred percent of its capacity all at once. Yeah, one, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was good. To, it was good to have it. So thank you to that for that one, Italy. Um, I feel the same way about going to Malaysia. Um, uh, Malaysian food. You know, we have Malaysian food and Asian food here yeah, in Australia. Yeah. It's different over there. It's just, different. Just, it's different. Just different. Just you know? different. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk. We're about. not here to talk. I about I wanted that. to touch base with. Um, Sort of my current living situation and just like a weird uh, thing that I'm not living through because that makes it sound like it's a very big hardship. Yeah. But I'm currently, uh, after moving to the GV, I'm living in an Airbnb um, in like a long-term rental situation and my family owns the Airbnb, so I'm just paying them rent. and Right. Like I'm, I'm like paying reasonable rent, I think, but it's also still like part of the family home in a way. Mm-hmm. So like it's- Is it attached to the main dwelling? It is, but it's okay. like sectioned off and like the door's locked and really the, the, like it is, it's kind of like living in a townhouse, like in the right. sense you share a wall, but like I have a kitchen and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, like, okay. I'll go days without seeing them. 
Um, it, it feels, I imagine it would be the equivalent of if you lived in a mansion with your family. Sometimes yeah. if you, if your mansion's that big, you'd just be walking around and you'd go days and they'd be like, oh, yeah. hello, you, you, st- you live here. Yeah. Instead of rooms, you'd say, oh, Nick's over in the West Wing. That's so true. I feel yeah. like I do live in the West Wing of, yeah. of this house. Yeah. And, um, and I'm enjoying living in the West Wing, but what I'm finding is, um, there's a girl I'm seeing at the moment and we've, you know, we've spent a bit of time at her house, but we mm. don't spend it at my house because in her words, you live with your family. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, no. like, no, I don't like, oh, no. I, I you live under- with your parents. <laughs> I, I understand that I do, but I also don't, but also I understand mm. the apprehension to go to mine because you know, it's early days and you don't want to necessarily run into my extended family. You don't want, you don't want your auntie, auntie walking in with like some cookies and milk being like, Hey honey, <laughs> how are we? You go, All right, not, not on, <laughs> let's not do it this yeah. way. No, I, I get that. I understand that. So I'm trying to, you know, um, maybe just go over for like an hour. Yeah, just slowly. Like, hey, this is my place. See how see how cut off it is from all the rest of the family. Yeah, we can, we don't have to talk to anyone. No, nah, come and go as we please. And then you know, I'll go and hang out with them if you if you get yeah. bored of me. But absolutely, yeah. so it's, yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I think yeah, it's a slow process. That one. I think I'm. I would argue I'm too old to be living with my fam. Like you know, well, my, definitely my parents. Yes, twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Um. And argue because it is my aunt and uncle's place. Mm-hmm. So it's, it just walks a, a weird line. Yeah. I think it's better that you're paying rent. If you were just living oh, there rent free, that would be real, real. Screams. Yeah. And so when I, when people ask where I'm staying, I'm going, I'm just staying at an Airbnb in Tatura. Yeah. And they go, oh, Airbnb, long term. This guy's, <laughs> all right, he's, he's on it. Yeah. And it is a nice place. Yeah. Um, when did you move out of home for the first time? 18. 18. I finished. <laughs> finished high midnight school. And your dad's like, get out. <laughs> <laughs> he packed my bag for me. No, 18, finished, uh, graduated from high school and uh, in uh, three months after graduating, went off to university, nine hours away. Wow. I've been out of home. I've been out of home pretty much since, I mean, I've gone home to visit, obviously, but out of home, not living there since I was 18. Yeah. I'm, I've been out of home since I think 20. For I went, I went, I lived at home through uni, mm-hmm. which if I had my time again with what I know now, I would have probably liked to have lived out of home during uni because I also... Took me two hours to get to uni. Oh, like it was an hour into the city from where I lived, and then an hour by tram to the uni. Mm. Um, or I think it was like an hour by car, but I didn't have a car at the time. And I, w- I think I would have enjoyed the uni experience had I have lived like yeah. in a shared spot. Did yeah. you, do you feel like you got? Do you feel like you had a fun time doing that, or was it? A yeah, bit- yeah. I didn't want to go to uni with people I went to school with. I wanted to like start go, again, start again, and you know, be you know, be a stranger again. You know. Yeah. Did you? Because I feel as though, because I obviously know a lot of people and a lot of people have done this, where they've gone to uni and they've done their like, you know, maybe a share house or they stay in like, because some of them have dorms or whatever. And um, it walks a line between the fun uni experience and also you're living in a slum. Yes. Well, what? I did that. You I lived did. I, li- I lived on campus. Our building that I lived on in my university was, uh, it was two towers. It was two towers. Mm. And... The the fellow who designed those towers uh, held some form of award for uh, for fitting in the most amount of people into the smallest space, design Good. wise. Yeah, he excellent. also something on his resume also uh, helps designs prison uh, design prisons. Interesting. So you had a solitary confinement room in your. Yep. It was yeah. a be- It was like a. It was literally like a prison room. But you know what. My first year, first couple of years at uni, I wasn't in my room very often. It was, you know, we were in the common room hanging out. Brothers at the pub. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Getting wasted. Um, 
I wasn't in my room very often. I slept there and then I'd get up and I'd go to breakfast and I'd, you know, go to class and hang out with friends and very rarely was I ever in my room. So it was good for me. I enjoyed it. Mm. Do you have a steadfast belief now because you've got a two-year-old when she needs to be out the door? I reckon if she's studying locally, like if she's she's studying, you know, where we live, she can live at home uh, until she finishes her study. That's fair. And then if she finishes her study and she still wants to live at home, uh, she has to pay rent. She has to get a job and she's got to pay rent. I will encourage her to go out and find a rental and like live independently or live with friends or live with whoever. But, you know, I don't know. Well, it's, what's that? 16 years down the track. We'll, we'll figure that out when we get there. Yeah. I have a friend. Um, he might listen to the podcast. Matt. I don't, I'm not quite sure. Um, I guess how supportive he is. Who's to say? <laughs> he's 29 and still lives at home. And he's he moved out for, I think he tried moving out for three weeks. Mm-hmm. He lives up on the Gold Coast and then moved to Brisbane for like three weeks and was like, not for me. Move, move back. <laughs> and I was like, that's, that's insane. And then like, you know whatever, like it, horses for courses, everyone's entitled to their own thing. Mm. But I just go, I think I would just hate living at home at that age. Like I couldn't imagine, I, I'll go home for a weekend ever so often, but if I'm there for more than two or three days, I go, this is... Oh, absolutely. Love my parents, but I'm regressing here. Yes. Mum's wiping me, dad's burping me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which as a 28-year-old, they really, it should only be one of them doing it. Yeah. <laughs> It should be dad. It's only one parent's job. No, I agree with that. Absolutely. I couldn't imagine living at home at 30. And actually, I'll tell you this. I hope, again, I don't think he'll be listening, or maybe he will be, but I don't know if he doesn't mind me. He pays, he pays rent. Mm. But I, I said to him, he told me this the other day, he told me how much he pays in rent. And I go, I think that if you were paying that in rent to your family a week, you should just move out anyway. So he's paying a, so he's paying a high... Like well, a, I think he's paying... I think... I said to him, I think I, I think you're paying a lot for mm. family-based rent. Yeah. Like, what do you think, what do you think reasonable family-based rent is? Like a hundred bucks a week? Yeah. Between one and 200. Yeah. 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 He, he's paying, he's paying on the higher end of that. Yeah. Um, I should say, even though I'm also doing family-based rent in a way, I am paying <laughs> quite a bit more than that. So that's, yes. that's fine. But, yes. um, but yeah, he told me how much he's paying. I go, oh, you just move out, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think you'd enjoy it more. Yeah. Hard to say. Anyway, Everyone... Matt, this is this has been your intervention. I t- we talk about this all the time, so it's you know he's <laughs> he's, he's fully aware of your situation. I, he's doing well for himself. Though. I'm he's uh, up and coming stand up comedian about to do uh, Raw actually. Oh really? He actually might have done it actually as of it's Friday morning here as we record this uh, on the 9th of Feb. Um, he did it. I think he had his heat last night. I should check in with him later and see how he went. Oh yeah, okay. The Raw, um, Raw of course for those in the comedy world, and I think a lot of people in radio and stuff know about it as well, but. It's like a, um, almost like a strong aisle, but for comedians. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it is. So like undiscovered comedians as a, as a lead up to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, we'll yep. do heats and then who was the funniest goes through and, you know, battle royale style. Well, maybe not battle royale. They, they don't all get it. They, they don't all go on stage and tell their jokes at once. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a wall of sound coming at the audience. I did raw, I did raw about four, four or five years ago, I reckon in Ballarat. You've mentioned that to me off air about how you, and you sort of held back with some of the jokes you were thinking about telling. How, how did it go? How'd you find the experience? I thought I killed. Yeah. <laughs> but then I, I got one of my mates to film me while I was up there and, and uh, like, record me so I could go back and watch and see how I went and all those sorts of uh, things. And lots of laughs. I think I, like a lot of people laughed and had a great time, but I was going back. I didn't end up getting through. And I think it was because a lot of my stuff wasn't like technically jokes. 
Okay. There wasn't. <laughs> what? There wasn't. There wasn't like. There wasn't like set up and punchline. You know, like a like a Your storytelling. Maybe? Storytelling and kind of you know skittish and and like uh, you know just a bit quirky. So. That's apparently not that not what they were looking for. And one of my mates was one of the judges, so I'm ashamed in her. But I anyway. have um I have heard, and I don't know how true this is. This could be, this is this might be just people who uh, didn't get through and who are salty at it. Mm. I have heard that in depending on where you do it, especially in the cities, um, it is like the heats are almost decided in advance because people already have followings and there is a bit of bias towards like right. up and comers. Right. That being said, I'm I'm sure if you're good, like it's very hard to deny qu- like talent. Yeah. But yeah. there is a little bit of like, oh, this guy's been on the circuit for a year doing, doing open mics and like, has started to develop a name mm. and maybe had an off night, but the judges know that he's worth putting through. So he might get through on, you know, on the back of some goodwill there. Yeah. Well, if Raw ever comes to Shepparton, maybe, uh, you and I will get up and... Uh... Oh, I'd love to give it a go. I find if anyone listening across the GV um, who's on, like listening to the podcast right now is aware of stand-up nights, runs a stand-up night, or is interested in stand-up, let us know. Get in touch because I think um, there isn't really enough of that. I don't think the GV really offers... Because, you know, we get, no. we get people through at Riverlinks. Like, they've got... Yeah. Like, you know, across the next few months, like Jim Owen, Arj Barker, they're coming through. But there's no real... No, like up and coming stuff. No, well, yeah, nothing it, to cut your teeth on. And even like, like, cause those are like obviously reasonably big names, especially within the Australian scene. Mm. Even like, give me low quality. Give me, so, <laughs> give me, give me a casual comedy night. Give me crap. <laughs> give me at least, give me a lineup of five comedians. Two where I was like, wow, they were really good. One where I go, I can see the appeal. And two where I go, I'm better than that. Yeah. That's the balance. That's all I want. Yeah. Nick and Josh's comedy club. Yeah, well, we can work on it. We can work on branding, but um, yeah. Okay. Right, shall we get out of here? Yeah, let's get out of here. Um, hope everyone's had a good week, uh, and we will see you on uh, well next week for the podcast. If you're yes. listening to the live show, we'll see you on Monday. And uh, I mean, I don't know how I don't know how many people listen to this on the Friday, but I hope you have a good weekend. Yeah, have a great weekend, everyone. Or else, love you. I, I like you. <laughs> I'm not ready to commit yet. Yeah, radio. All right. Nick and Josh for breakfast. Triple M. Got a warning for everyone out there. A severe warning. All right. As opposed to those mucking around warnings. As opposed to those little (laughs) warning. This is a warning. All right. Wasps are in the area. Just make sure that... It's triple M. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure that my doors are locked. Um, This is not a sponsored segment, but thankfully we're looked after by Insight Protection (laughs) Solutions here. So we have security guards patrolling the premises with... Uh, specialize, they specialize against wasp invasions. <laughs> they can hit a, hit a wasp from a mile away. <laughs> uh, the Greater Shepherd and City Council popped something up on their socials yesterday about a wasp alert in the Greater Shepherd. Um, they, I remember my first... This kind of took me back a little bit because they posted a photo of a wasp and they just looked... Just in case you forgot what they look like. Case, just in case you forgot what they look like. They look... It's a close-up photo of a wasp. They look terrifying. Like yeah, if that like was a sexy just, bee, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like ooh, ooh wasp. Um, okay. uh, if if wasps were the size of like a, a chihuahua, sure, which terrifying. Some of them are, <laughs> some <laughs> some of them are pretty big. Terrifying. Um, it kind of flashed me back to my first ever, to, to my knowledge, my first ever interaction with a wasp. I went to put something out in the recycling bin, and and I saw one crawl out from kind of underneath. You know how the bins kind of overlap a little bit on the sure. outside? It Just crawled out from underneath. they doing the can collection yeah, thing. It, it's so massive. <laughs> <laughs> I 
needs some extra. It needs some extra coin. Yeah. And it crawled out from there and stung me right on my arm, and I screamed bloody murder. My mum was on the phone. She's like, mm. "I gotta go. Jo- something's happened to Josh. He's been shot. He's been shot in the face." And um, I it kind of just gave me a bit of a flashback. But um, I just uh, the greatest shepherd is just warning people that wasps are around. We have seen wasps in our backyard, mm. and um. I wonder, that's the only time, the first and only time I've ever been bitten by a wasp. I wonder... Will you make it happen again? Yeah. Would my pain, would it feel the same or would I, would my, have I matured with my pain threshold? I don't know. There's a show on Channel 7 at the moment. I see so many ads for it. It's on 7, mate. And I don't really quite understand the premise of the show, but it just seems to be a bunch of blokes who go and let bugs sting them. Cool. And they like to see if they can, how they feel about the pain. Interesting. And that's it. So we could do a, like a GV version of that. Are you willing to put your, are you willing yeah. to put your arm on the line? We've got like, we've got like snapping turtles and things. Oh, we've got turtles. I don't know if they're snapping turtles. Yeah. They might snap if you dangle enough bits in front. Don't put your bits in front of them, obviously. But if, you, if you dangle, or, if you dangle bits in front of them, dangle your little, your little worm in front of the turtle, I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to snap. Oh, dearie me. Uh, they have all, the council have also asked that you, don't dangle your bits in front of them <laughs> in the turtles, please. <laughs> We'd prefer them to be Especially getting their, their worms from the environment. Could you, could you imagine a wasp, you know, getting a sting? Anyway, um, they want you to report sightings of wasps. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> They're so small. It just says, please report. Let us know. Please report to the Greater Shepherd and City Council. I are they going like, to tag them and bag them, or what are they going to yeah, do? Well, they're going to go. They're going to catch them, rehome them, take them to an animal shelter. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere where it's them. somewhere where it's safe. Anyway, look, I just thought I'd let you know. Wasp alert out there. Be careful. Yeah, look out there. Be smart. Be safe. If you see the nest, obviously let the council know. Don't dangle your bits. And <laughs> definitely do not dangle your bits. Live and local, Nick and Josh for breakfast. Five grand, Josh. That could buy a heck of a lot of vapes. You reckon? <laughs> <laughs> How much are they now? Tw- 20 bucks, 30 bucks each? Uh, I think, you know, whatever you've got for your, uh, if you're looking to, you know, get a house deposit together or whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. I think that's enough for half a vape. I'm not quite sure. I'm not a vaper myself, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a new report from the state government, though, is uh, detailing how much they believe the vaping black market could be worth in Victoria, expected to be worth $500 million annually moving forward with... Uh, now, they've banned the imports and yes. you know, the selling of a lot of them. The vaping black market, that's where we're at in this whole saga. The black market, actually one of the flavours of vapes, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I assume. Along with cherry berry. Cherry berry. <laughs> and contraband. Uh, the, the, the report by the state government um, does highlight, I guess, some of the uh, the... The, the the money around it all. Uh, yeah, look, I feel like va- five years ago, maybe even three years ago, vaping was kind of not heard of, and it's just exploded over the last few years. Yeah, uh, this this report from the Victorian state government, Josh, estimating there's about in the state about four hundred sixty one thousand vape users, with three hundred forty three thousand people using them daily or semi weekly, so multiple times a week. Three hundred forty three thousand. That's quite a few people. Uh, and with those people who are using them multiple times a week, spending as much as $1,320 a year on their vapes. Wow. That's a lot. That's a bit of, that's a bit of cash. $123,000 a year. Take up Siggy's. Much, much cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it, the, obviously the report was commissioned and they've looked into it, obviously, and the effects. And these are largely 
it, there's a lot of speculation there because obviously the the band's really only been in effect since the start of the year as they've yes. moved towards trying to uh, help communities who have been, you know, f- frankly ravaged by this. You know, young, yes. young kids are getting oh, into it as Even well. here, I walk around like... On uh, Vaughan Street there, where, uh, you know, with Colson came out on Vaughan Street. Is that where you, you, you walk, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's my guy. Um, he, even walking around there, I w- walked into Coles the other day and there were this group of kids, should have, to be fair, the two things, should have been in school and second things, <laughs> yeah. all of them, hey, I'm a father, li- leave me alone. No, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and there was maybe five of them and three of them, three or four of them, uh, we're, we're puffing on vapes. I'm going... Wealthy kids. Wealthy kids. <laughs> and I'm going, is no one... It's just... If we saw if we saw a 12-year-old yeah. sucking on a cigarette, would would, would 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 someone not say something? Like I don't know, because I do see young kids smoking. I don't know what society's responsibility is there. Is it to throw a bucket of water on them? Yes. Maybe. I, don't, I, Maybe. I rarely have a bucket on hand. Um, the report has met, been met with some criticism about both the ban and the fact that we've commissioned a report to look into something that we already knew was bad. Yeah. Um, here's a particularly great quote from Libertarian Party uh, MP David Limbrick, who... He, he's anti the ban. He actually thinks that vaping was great for the country, it would seem. He thinks the government has destroyed a legitimate industry... Uh, don't know how legitimate. Where do people get these? Where do people get these ideas um, from? Here's, here's, here's the quote from David: "Is that the only benefit Victorians will get is some new episodes of Underbelly, complete <laughs> with fire bombings, murders, and drug dealers selling vapes to school kids." Where have we gone wrong in the making of Underbelly? This country used to be run by traditional crime. <laughs> Drug dealers, all those sorts of Sex things. Sex trafficking. And now we're, we're now we're dealing vapes. Now we're dealing in Unicorn Topia Bliss Box. <laughs> Triple M. Nick and Josh for breakfast. Yesterday we uh, spoke about a wasp alert for Greater Shepparton. And uh, there were there's a few around, apparently, which people are getting a little concerned by. Oh. Uh, so that's not in the studio. What the... <laughs> Uh-oh. Um... We, I, I hadn't this season or the last couple of months, the wasp season. I hadn't run into many wasps. We spoke about it yesterday morning, yesterday afternoon. Took my daughter to uh, the playground on Macintosh Street. Sure, walked her down, and uh, there was a there was a kid already in the in his school uniform, obviously on his way home from school. Thought he'd pop into the playground from maybe <laughs> on the way home maybe from the t- office. <laughs> <laughs> he was maybe ten or eleven years old. He Tough was on day the swing. On the tools. <laughs> Time to blow up some steam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was on. He was on one of the swings, just uh, having a little swing, and we we were making our way through the different uh, uh, play equipment there in the in the playground, and we got to uh, a bit of play equipment with a slide. Mm. Esther usually climbs up, and she goes down this big slide, traditional and, slide, traditional slide, and all of a sudden, this ten or eleven year old goes, "Hey, buddy!" <laughs> talking to me, <laughs> "Hey, champ!" <laughs> you got like, buddied by a ten year old. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "Hey, buddy." And in my head, I'm going, number one, why are you here on your own? Number two, very mature language <laughs> for a 10 or 11-year-old to be using. Kiss me, young man. <laughs> he, goes, uh, he goes, hey, buddy, uh, you may want to keep, keep your daughter away from that slide. I go, oh, really? Why? And he goes, there's a wasp nest underneath it. And I go, oh, really? Where? He goes, just underneath the little, you know, top bit there. Underneath, mate. Under- <laughs> what underneath, more do you need? you idiot. Um, so I had a look, a wasp nest there, a couple of wasps running around, so I took Esther away. I said, oh, thanks, mate. And he goes, no worries, buddy. And I'm like... He <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a contractor. <laughs> yeah, no, you should be right. Uh, 
No worries, but he's like 11 going on 40, 40. <laughs> no worries, champ. Cracks a cold one, puts his feet up. <laughs> Gotta what go a, to the wife. What a legend. I hope this, this, this kid is, you know, who a Triple M listener was 30 years ago. Yeah, he, yeah. He, I'm surprised he didn't pull out the paper and like went to the races section and started. <laughs> Shout out to that kid if you're listening on the way to school. We assume it was school. He just might wear a school yeah, he might just, who knows? He's probably a scaffolder. He <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he, that's why he likes the playground. He just appreciates the infrastructure like, of it all. Great, great scaffolding. Great. <laughs> Nick and Josh for breakfast. Triple M. Uh, over the weekend, I took my daughter Esther into Big W in Marketplace. Huge. She loves Big W. It's huge. It's huge. Um, and... We love walking around Big W. As we were walking in, we walked in the uh, the entrance with, I think it's Telstra and the butchers on the corner there. You walk straight into yeah, yeah. Um, Woolworths. Um, as we were walking down past the pharmacy kind of area, you know those seats in the middle that are mainly for men when the women are looking around, men sit on yeah, those seats? Yeah, the husband chair. The husband chair. Yep. Uh, there was a fellow um, who was laying down kind of, you know, as a Greek oh. god would on one of their pedestals there. And as we... He was in... He was. Did he have in, the body of a Greek god? Uh, he did not. Uh, he had the body of maybe some um, Greek an Australian, uh, feta, <laughs> an Australian middle-aged man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we walked past, and as we walked past, I don't know if this was intentional on his behalf. I don't know if he was. I don't want to throw him under the bus. Mm. He had some short footy shorts on, and as we walked past, for Grecian. some reason, <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, he decided at that moment, as my two-year-old daughter and I were walking past, to lift his leg up and just kind of stretch. Okay. And for a split second, I saw up his pants. Okay. And there, to be fair, there wasn't a lot going on up there. But Oh, that's a shame. Uh, <laughs> Would you have preferred it if there was? I would have been like... Well done. No, I get why you would rearrange. I get it. Just, you know, to get a slight nod and a fist bump from was, the bloke walking past. Thankfully, Esther was looking at some something in the window of the chemist because yeah. we walked past and I was like... And there was a security guard right behind him. And For good the, measure. The, He's, this man's packing. Well, the get him out of the store. The security guard wasn't doing his job, obviously. Sir, have you been smuggling food something out of Big W? No, sir. I think you'll find that I came in with that. <laughs> he was right at the side of the but- uh, at the front of the butcher, and the butchers ma- have massive sausages, so I don't know. But um, the, it was kind of like I was kind of like, did I just did that just really happen? Like mm. I don't understand. Maybe he was maybe he was a pervert and he was doing it on purpose. Maybe it was just, I, he wasn't even thinking about it. I do think he. It does sound like it was just a bit of. An accident from him. I don't think he was intentionally well, doing it. I don't think he's the pervert. I think the pervert that was the man that was looking at another man's was, junk whilst he was in public. <laughs> Live and local, Nick and Josh for breakfast. Yeah, you got a big weekend this weekend. Huge weekend. Your debut uh, with the Tatura Bin Chickens. <laughs> No, the Tatura Soccer Club, the Ibises. Oh, the Ibises. I apologise. Yeah, we have apologies. a first preseason game that I'm playing with them uh, tomorrow morning. We're playing against Cobram. Um, which is, whew, I'm looking forward to it. Do you know what the Cobram team is called? The Raw. Cobram Raw. I played against them last year when I was playing up north. The Cobram Raw. Cobram Raw, I believe. It's not raw chicken because Ibis is eat raw chicken for breakfast. <laughs> oh, what we don't, what don't we eat? We're actually playing really early. So <laughs> we, you know, it will be for breakfast, 10 a.m. It should be good. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing with Tat. Are you playing, um, are you playing home ground or are you going to Cobram? Uh, we're playing in Shep, so... Oh, okay, so middle ground. Yeah, so we don't have to... Uh, neutral turf. <laughs> neutral turf. Very pre-season friendly. Yeah. Between it all. I'm looking forward to playing with Tat. They've um, had a bit of success in recent years. Which yeah, is, um, without giving too much away in case anyone from the Cobram team is listening, you got a strategy? You gonna... um, well, I, 
I think the strategy will be to keep the ball away from me. <laughs> Good. So, you know, if any of your teammates are listening, <clears throat> keep an eye on that one. Nick, the liability fan. <laughs> uh, Tat, they've obviously had some success winning the league in uh, in recent years a couple of times, and they yeah. obviously were like, well, time to bring Nick in because it was getting too easy for us. <laughs> <laughs> time to operate on a handicap. Yeah. Well, look, I wish you the best of luck. It's uh, going to be maybe a little bit nerve-wracking for you. You want to try and impress the boys? Do you know, can I give, here's, here's Cobram's, here's, a, here's like a hint for Cobram against taking me on. Mm-hmm. This is just something that I've noticed at training for myself recently is, because obviously I have a shaved head, I sunscreen up. Yeah, like I've like because I'm I'm a burning wreck. Mm-hmm. My liability to get fourth degree burns when I walk from the studio to the car. Yeah, um, and so very often I'll get sunscreen in my eyes <laughs> and struggle to see. <laughs> so if you are looking for someone to target, <laughs> last year when I was playing, opposition teams referred to me as Vin Diesel because, of, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is you know in some ways good. You were just mumbling to yourself, yeah. family, family. <laughs> So, you know, we'll report back on Monday as to how the... Well, uh, good luck to you. Thank you. I might need it. Who's to say, you know, if I, I might get sunscreen in my eyes and not be able to make my way to the field. Your local breakfast show, Nick and Josh for breakfast, Triple M.